Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another WTF1 podcast. Today in the UK, it is rather warm. Tommy's already bullied me for putting some ice in my drink, calling me a diva. But can you blame me? Because it's said to get to like 40, is it 40 degrees in some parts of the UK, which is hot for you for the UK. Everyone yeah. all over the world will be complaining that, oh, it's 40 degrees. What are you complaining about? Because uh, I have it much worse. But we don't have aircon or anything in our bricked up houses that keep all the heat in. So it's very warm. It is very, very warm indeed. Um, and as well as being warm, it's also race week. We've got the French Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Everybody's really excited for that. Long pause. Uh, no, to be when fair, you could see your French... face then. Yeah. Like you, you could see it in your face how excited you are. You never know. Could be interesting. Last it's going to be really warm. And it's going to be really warm as well. So maybe some lots of tire deg if it's really hot. Could My prediction of Ferrari not being in the top five could come true this weekend. I don't know why I sound so excited about that. If Matt was here, he'd tell me off. But they suffered so badly from tyre deg last year. And with the heat and a seriously unreliable power unit in the back, this could come know. true. I'm more worried about Red Bull, actually, after the last race of their tyre deg. But we, we shall see. Um, yeah, could be could be an interesting race. I think Paul Ricard, the problem is a lot of the... A lot of the races when we came back was the Mercedes dominance era where most of the races were just quite dull. So um, I don't think it was a surprise that when the season was better, the racing was better. So I think this will be I think this will be a proper test, I think, of whether we think it's good or bad. But then it might not be on the calendar again. So Yeah, knows? we might decide it's the best track on the whole calendar. And then they're like, we're not going to renew the contract. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but quite excitingly, the first thing on the agenda today is talking about formula e now don't switch off your podcast if you think i'm not listening to a whole episode on formula e they sound like hoovers because tommy and i are going to be having a chat about the final few moments of the first race it was a double header in new york this weekend i actually missed this live you caught some of it tommy and you actually wrote an article on the website about what a chaotic end to the race it was do you want to explain to people what happened for those that might have missed it <laughs> yeah so i missed the second race but it sounds like this was the more interesting one to watch to be fair because it's absolutely bonkers and one of something that is it's such a rare thing to happen in motorsport we've seen it with Charles Leclerc, where he's caused a red flag and got pole but someone actually won a formula e race not by crashing they're obviously very good and uh, we're driving a brilliant race but um nick cassidy was leading from Lucas Degrassi. Yeah, uh, yeah it was Lucas Degrassi, yeah. And um, they both went into the wall. There was a freak rainstorm with 10 minutes to go. And it was one of those things where they're obviously on dry weather tires. It looked crazy because they went off at such high speed. But the problem was they there was a big puddle there because I guess it's a street mm. circuit and it just built up a big pool of water. And a lot of the front runners just flew into the barrier. Cassidy was leading the, most of the race, smashed straight into the wall. Degrassi was second, smashed straight into the wall. Van Dorn was fourth. He went straight into the wall. And red flag immediately, of course, because there was also carnage behind. And as we know, with a lot of rules, it's happened in Formula One, not for a winner, but it's happened before where they do the two laps back before a red flag to determine the result. 
this was unusual, the fact that essentially the two guys that binned it in the wall finished one, two in the race on the podium, which I think is quite controversial. I know it's the rules. I don't know what, how, what your opinion is on it. I'm a little bit unsure. And I've seen a lot of, a lot of discussion about whether it's fair. It's a mixed, I've seen a mixed opinion on it, basically. Yeah, now, I mean, watching the replays back, it looks terrifying because they've essentially just picked up this water. Um, There was a full course yellow that was deployed um, by the race director, Scott Elkins. I think that was just as a result because he could see this rain had just suddenly started chucking it down. I was looking over on the race, actually, and somebody in the comments, I think his name was Mark. I don't know if his name wasn't Mark. I'm really sorry. But he said that he lived in New York, like a mile from where the circuit was being held in Brooklyn. And he said, I left the subway and it was bone dry, walked 300 yards to my apartment. And it was like torrential rain. He said, I've never seen rain like it in New York. So it really was proper chaos, sudden downpour, Lots of drama for Formula E, but yeah, quite a terrifying incident. Lucas Degrassi said it was the worst crash of his Formula E career. And I mean, that's somebody that's been in Formula E since since the inception. So he's been around a long, long time. Um, But yeah, whether the rule is fair is is a bit of a difficult one. Obviously, it's an unusual circumstance. And this is also the same rule that is in the F1 sporting regulations. So in theory, it could happen this weekend in France. It happened to Alonso. Happened to Alonso in Brazil, 2003, if anyone wants to go back that far. Uh, Alonso, Half the probably worked yeah. their life when that happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, Alonso crashed uh, very heavily in 2003 Brazilian mm. Grand Prix and, and ended up actually going to hospital and he wasn't on the podium, but he was on the podium. Like he finished third because it went back two laps and then there was the, the whole hoo-ha of the... Fizikella and Raikkonen thing, which I think we did at that time went on. So maybe we find that if we did. If not, maybe we'll do it for Brazil. But yeah, yeah, this could happen in Formula One. What I would say is if this did happen in Formula One, my goodness me, the absolute carnage on F1 Twitter. Imagine someone like a controversial driver like Hamilton or Verstappen, you know, that has the you know they're they're the the main star drivers so they have as many haters as they do people that their stands as well mm. imagine like max verstappen wins a race smashes it in the barrier breaks the car and then it is the rule but you can imagine all the all on twitter everyone being like oh my god you know he didn't even finish the race and i will go on record and say that i don't think it's fair because mm. It's a very freak thing, and I understand that it is the rule, and it will probably, you know, this might not happen again for another 20 years in motorsport. You never know, because it's such an extreme thing to happen. But I don't personally, I don't know how I feel about someone crashing. I saw a comment, actually, I think it was on our Twitter, and someone said, to to finish first, first you must finish but he didn't That's finish. That's very, very true, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't finish. And I can understand Robin Frines, who was the guy that was running oh. third at the time, must have been miffed because he's essentially seen first, second and fourth smash it into the wall. He's ready to restart the race. He's he's done the job of, I know it was a freak rainstorm and it was a difficult scenario, but he's hit the brakes and saved it and slowed down sufficiently in the wet weather 
and he's there with the third place trophy while the two people ahead of him on the podium smashed it into the wall. So I, I personally think that if this happened in Formula One, this rule would be scrutinized and maybe even revised. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, imagine the heartbreak if, let's say, Esty Bestie, right? He's Everyone else has somehow crashed off and he has gone on the charge, he's kept on track and he's somehow got the lead of the race and then they red flag it and it goes back to the penultimate thing. Like if he does some sort of hero's drive through the field and then that gets taken away, that seems ridiculously unfair just because they're able to manage the conditions where other drivers haven't. I mean, it is unusual. So Nick Cassidy, that was his maiden win. So what a weird way to do it. He felt weird afterwards. You could tell in the interview he didn't really know. He was like, this is weird. But it's funny you mentioned that Ocon thing because this is going to turn into a that time when now with me talking about this Brazil race. But that actually happened in that Brazilian Grand Prix that Fisichella overtook Raikkonen. And Mm. it seemed like he'd essentially won the race and he was celebrating in Park Fermi because the red flagged the race, went back two laps, and then they gave it to Raikkonen. But then obviously it switched again later when they realized that was wrong. But that was his first win as well. And it was taken away. Didn't get to celebrate it. You know, it was a proper underdog victory. And it very nearly, it got corrected in the end, but very nearly got taken away from him. And yeah, you're right. Imagine how gutted you'd be to lose, yeah. to lose I mean, a win I just by picked Esteban or... as a random, random driver. But like, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, anyone that maybe is... Yeah, like you say, a bit of an underdog that might suddenly become a beast in racing in this wet weather, for example, and it just gets taken away. So, yeah, I will also go on record and say I think this is unfair. I'm still somebody that thinks that they should introduce the IndyCar kind of red flag in qualifying or yellow flag in qualifying, you lose your lap time. And every time I mention it, it normally comes back into conversation when that happens in Formula One and everyone's like, oh, well, you've only said that because you hate Charles Leclerc or you hate Lewis Hamilton. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I know, it's so annoying. You say it for every driver and then people relate it to a certain driver that's like, you must have this opinion because you hate this driver, not Well, you didn't tweet that when so-and-so did it back in 2007. I know, babe, calm down. I didn't have Twitter then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was on Bebo then, okay? Um, But, yeah, I think that is potentially quite an interesting loophole that has been uncovered there in the Formula E. I mean, firstly, I'm just glad that everyone's okay um, because it was a big, big shunt. Like you see the replays, race um, or TV direction didn't do a particularly good job. I suppose they maybe didn't expect, you know, half of the the field to end up in this one little runoff area. Um, I don't think they had a proper like camera a at that cam, corner. No, they had just like a static one and you could see them absolutely fly off in the background. Um, but yeah, like Lucas Degrassi and Stoffel Van Dorn, who also ended up in the barriers there. And one of the reasons they red flagged it is because the barriers were so badly damaged. Especially Lucas Degrassi, he's such an experienced driver that it just shows that, oh, you know, Cassidy is newer to Formula E than the other two. Um, and that, oh, maybe he doesn't understand the car. And that's why he made the mistake and that kind of thing. But he was joined by some real expert drivers. So, yeah, an unusual one. Also, I don't know if you saw the footage of where marshals, the, there's still cars going past and the marshals are trying to like be on. And I was like, guys, like, that's not great. I would not want to be the marshals that stood in front of the cars 
when cars were still plowing into that barrier because it yeah. reminded me a little bit of that race at Nürburgring where everyone went flying off at the same corner. You, you don't know how many cars are going to, you know, if three cars have done it, it's very, very likely that more cars are going to do it. So, yeah, I was um, very sketchy. And I think DaCosta was out his car as well and was standing there as well. And I'm yeah. thinking like, this is sketchy. Antonio, get back. Yeah, just <laughs> I know the marshals are there to like go get it Check done, but it did seem and, very yeah. sketchy that they were just stood in front of it. But then, yeah. It's very interesting indeed. Well, if you're listening to this, if you're still here, hello. <laughs> but um, make sure you maybe tweet us or reply, maybe send us a, an email. Is that a thing now? It sounds nah, very like old school. <laughs> tweet <laughs> us, okay. You can send a carrier pigeon, smoke flares, anything you fancy. But let us know if you think this rule is fair or not. Um, and I wonder if the FIA will look into it again or whether they'll just be like, yeah, babes, that's the rules, deal with it. Drop the mic, that kind of vibe. Um, now, another crazy thing that happened this weekend, and I had to do a double take when I read this. Nikita Mazepin, a name that we have not said in a very long time and he's been Thankfully. off. Yeah. I was going to say he's been off saying he's going to sue Haas and all of this drama. He decided to give some off-road rallying a go in the silk rally in uh, or silk way rally, sorry, in Russia. And he actually won his category, which I saw lots of people joking and saying, was he the only one in his category? <laughs> Savage. <laughs> savage um but yeah was that something that you could have predicted tommy to see nikita mazepin winning a motorsport that's winning a motorsport winning well, um, winning a motorsport winning race. A race yeah imagine imagine the start of twin uh this season before we had any testing and before the whole house situation and like sadly the the ukraine situation but saying that mazepin would win a race before mercedes is uh, it's a oh, wow. wild thing to have happened but you know if i'd said that in the podcast i'd be claiming a full point for that because technically he has, he has won a race that would be like it's not a formula points. one race but um yeah as we said the podcast you've got to be vague about these things exactly so. wild um yeah didn't see that happening um but i mean it's not the most competitive form of motorsport dare i say it but still an interesting story nonetheless yeah so i don't think nikita mazepin will be making an f1 return anytime soon but hey he can race some buggies around in some dirt now if he wants to and can be happy with that so that's I good i notice <laughs> in his celebration photos he's holding his banner with the we compete yeah, as one we... hashtag which the f- yeah oh dear nikita mazepin i was kind of hoping that once he got kicked out of f1 we wouldn't be speaking about him again but but here we yeah, are talking about yeah. <laughs> that we yep. put in our podcast. Exactly. But hey, ho, that's one of those things. And then maybe a bit more of a, an interesting or wholesome bit of news, depending if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan or not. Lewis Hamilton is set to make it 300 race starts this weekend, which only five other drivers in the history of F1 have managed that. I was going to say, do you want to guess who they are? But I think you've probably seen the content that we've been putting out today. Uh, I haven't, but I did see... Stat. I know two of them. You're telling me you didn't that. read Cambridge's article? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been doing, I've been in a meeting. So um, it's, well, Kimmy's got the most, hasn't he? He's 
He does. Then it will be Barry, is Barry Kelly second? No. Oh no, sorry, Alonso will be second. Yeah. Then... And Alonso will beat Raikkonen's thing at the end of this year. Wow, okay. He's gonna become the my yeah, which is interesting. That is wild. Um then Barry Kelly. Yes. I'm missing someone in my head if there's six they're Jensen Button. Jensen Button. But I'm missing someone as well, aren't I? Um, he's quite he's Michael an average Schumacher. racing driver. Ooh, yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah, Michael's on 306, so tied with Button. And yeah, Hamilton will make it 300 this weekend. I forget Schumacher because his return. Like I just yeah, he came I just back. blank that from my memory. Yeah. I'm sure Matt For does your as own well. <laughs> mental health, I think, is probably best. Um, but yeah, so Hamilton joins that club. Annoyingly, Vettel. I was like, Vettel could do it. He might hit it in Abu Dhabi. But because of him having the time off with COVID, he's going to hit 299 in Abu no. Dhabi. <laughs> so if if he, I mean, crikey, I will be a mess. I don't think him hitting 300 race starts will be the biggest thing. But no. like, if he does decide to retire, he won't hit the 300 mark. And that makes me so sad. True. Although he <laughs> but, can then claim that, oh, well, I only did races in the 200s and won four titles so i'm better that's what that's true. what you can get going better ratio <laughs> oh yeah. gosh but no quite an interesting achievement for hamilton um yeah a lot of yeah, races you... i'm looking at the i am on the article now and i can see yeah kimmy 349 hmm. so hamilton might not get the most which is wild when he started so young um I'm and just there a are, baby <laughs> and there are so many races now as well that for me, Barry Callow being up there when you only had 15 races a season is crazy. It showed yeah. how long he was in F1 for, like 15, 16 races a season. But now we've got 23 or whatever. We're going to see a lot of drivers hitting 300, I think, uh, that are competitive, you know, that, that get into Formula 1 very early. Like, as long as they stick around, uh, and, and want to stick around until their late 30s. Verstappen, Sainz, Leclerc, they're all going to get there, aren't they? Because there are just so many races now. Because what That's I always find true. what I always find crazy is, well, Esteban Ocon is a great example. He oh. did. He's done a hundred. Was it a hundred races? It was, in the last yeah, race? in Austria. And he still and he missed a season, and still feels new to me. So, hundred races. You only need to do four seasons, and you're already on hundred races, pretty much, which is wild. So. It's mad. I mean, like, same for George Russell and Lando Norris. Like, he's got, George Russell's got 71 starts to his name. 71. What? He joined F1 yesterday. Like, what is going on? Well, I guess because it's so many races now. But yeah, it just gives you some context. But Rubens Barrichello was definitely somebody that felt like he was an F1 since the dawn of time <laughs> because he was just in it for so many years. But. Yeah, crazy to think Alonso will beat Kimmy's record if he gets to the, the end of the season. So not bad for somebody that's still putting on the front row of the grid and be doing all those races. Yeah. Uh, so that's decent. an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, do you think you've actually you've been your prediction that you think a Mercedes will win this weekend? Do you think this could be Lewis's best chance to win this year? Definitely. Um yeah? they need to maximize this this because Silverstone. I am still disappointed at Silverstone. I'm I not think sad, the, I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it, that was a big opportunity for Hamilton to win, I think. And while it was really cool that 
you got that amazing racing. I I do I do feel like he could have won that race. He obviously was a bit unlucky as well because he made an amazing start in the initial start and then had to be put back. And then same with the the safety car. Maybe maybe could have got Leclerc. I personally don't think so, but would have got second, I think. So yeah, this is a big opportunity that it's looking like a dry dry all weekend. So mm. qualifying, we'll get to see what Mercedes can do if they don't both crash in Q3 again. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, see what they can do if they put it on decent, decent position on the grid and we have a dry, normal race and it's a very smooth circuit. We, we and that's see. what they like, fresh tarmac, exactly. all this yeah. kind of stuff. I think even could I be think big Christian brain Horner time. has said that he thinks this could be Mercedes's big shot as well. So we shall see. Because Christian Horner never lies. No. Wasn't <laughs> it at the French Grand Prix last year where he said, if we can beat Mercedes here, we can beat them anywhere? I feel like that was France Maybe, last year yeah, that he said that. Because they dominated, but... haven't they, the French Grand Prix? This is true. And then they beat them. So there we go. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Tommy, today. It's a nice little short and sweet podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for a That Time Worm podcast with Matt and Tommy. And then you're also going to get a post-practice podcast, a post-qualifying podcast, and then, of course, our race review podcast next Monday. Hopefully it will be be a bit cooler in the UK. I know, sorry, I keep going on about the weather, but I am British. What do you expect? <laughs> um, but yeah, don't forget to to leave us five stars or a like or whatever you do on your chosen podcast platform. Leave us a review. That would be wonderful. And we'll see you for the next one. Tommy, have you got any final thoughts? I'm sorry to do this to you. <laughs> I'm muted. Final thoughts are I'm muted. Um... <laughs> you could have just given the best final thoughts of your life then and it just would have been on mute. I did, actually, and I was muted, oh. so there you go. Wow, I can't you believe Tommy just gave know. us the key for life and we didn't ever hear it, so there you go. Yeah, well, so thanks profound. so much for that. <laughs> but we did tears. Thanks, everyone. thanks very much, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.